It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Cincinnati Bengals coaches talked to the media at the Combine. What did they have to say about the offensive line, the running game, and hang time for punters? You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm Jake Lisko. He's James Rapine. We're your hosts of the Locked On Bengals podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, bringing you coverage of your team every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. So hit the subscribe button on YouTube, follow anywhere you get your podcasts. We'll be delivered to your devices when we upload so you can join that first listen club. And James, as a combine goes on, we're recording this around 6 p.m., as we do on Thursday evening, there are official 40-yard dash times coming in for guys like Nolan Smith, sub 4-4, and Adetomiwa Adebore. It's close, but probably not quite right. 4-4-9, the official time for him at 282 pounds, Northwestern, versatile defensive lineman. But we're not going to talk about those guys quite yet because there's going to be multiple days here of getting freaky athletic numbers to take away on Thursday is that, well, the defensive line class has a bunch of freak athletes in it, as it does. We'll talk about that on Sunday. We'll talk about it a little bit more on Monday when we talk to Mike Renner from PFF. But today, we're going to take a look and break down what the coaches had to say. Because Frank Pollock, Brian Callahan, Lou Anarumo, and Darren Simmons all met with the media. And we're going to touch on all those guys to varying degrees. Maybe Lou Anarumo will be a future show. We'll see what fits in. But we're going to start with the offensive line because Frank Pollock had his meeting by the escalators in the hotel in Indianapolis with Bengals media. And, you know, these guys all had interesting things to say that give you some glimpses into the future about the team. And the, the offensive line, a area of big scrutiny for the Bengals, will start there. For sure. It's, it's a hot-button topic every offseason. And I, I just think that this is – where we're at now, even though the, the Bengals line for, for most of the season, I thought was the best, the best line they had had since 2015, which isn't saying much, but it was. And broke down by the end of the year, couldn't overcome injuries. By the way, he uh, Frank Pollock did confirm that Alex Kappa would have been ready for the Super Bowl and that Jonah Williams probably would have been ready for the Super Bowl. So that one hurts even more when you, you think about it that way, but the the questions are at the tackle spots and whether you ask these guys on the record or you know just talk to insert whoever off they they feel really comfortable with their starters on the interior you know whether it's Cordell Volson obviously Alex Kappa was playing at a pro bowl level according to Pollock and then you got Ted Karras but the two tackle spots Obviously, Lyle Collins, and, and we can discuss his injury and, and hear from Duke Tobin in just a second on, on his health. But Jonah Williams, how many of our listeners, Jake, have said that Jackson Carmen deserves a shot at that starting left tackle spot? 
that is not the case as of now. And I, we tried to hammer that home and let people know, well, the coaching staff essentially said that, that, uh, you, you know, Frank said, if Jonah's healthy and he did undergo surgery on that kneecap to, to make sure that it, it strengthens it, he can strengthen it and, and not dislocate so easy moving forward. But when he is healthy, he's their starter. And that's that, I think, when it comes to internal guys. I don't think there's an internal battle for the left tackle spot. Could Jackson Carmen push for that right tackle job? Could Akeem Adenogy push for the right tackle job? Could Is that right tackle job wide open without Lyle Collins right now as he continues to recover from knee reconstruction and surgery? The answer is yes. And so my big takeaway is the Bengals feel pretty good about three of five spots. Jonah Williams is the starter, at least as of now, at left tackle. And that right tackle job, there's there's a lot of question marks, and it all starts with Lel Collins, his health, and if they're going to keep him going into the season. Yeah, that, that's obviously the big question mark. That's been the big question mark the whole time is right tackle. It sounds like Jackson Carmen did impress some people, Duke Tobin. For sure. Uh, Brian Callahan and Frank Pollock with the way he played down the stretch did some good things, was kind of the – rough vernacular used to describe Jackson Carmen's play, but obviously all of those guys also think that he needs to continue developing. He still has room to improve. That was the other side of the coin when discussing Jackson Carmen. There were nice things to be said for sure, but also he needs to continue to do those nice things. He needs to continue to make strides and take his opportunities when they're presented to him. And so, you know, it's an, he's in the mix right now based on guys in the roster to play right tackle. And based on what Duke Tobin said, maybe you're not expecting them to go do a ton in terms of bringing in a right tackle. And and certainly I would say the way they're talking about free agency, the way the numbers look in free agency, the Jawan Taylors and Mike McGlinchey's are not guys they're considering. But we'll see what happens there because I think that everyone is aware that Lel Collins isn't healthy right now. And so you don't know yet what you're going to need. And at some point they're going to have to make a decision here, but they're going to be dealing with limited information come March 13th when that tampering window opens. Yeah. It's uh, it's a really interesting conversation with, with Lyle and, you know, his relationship obviously with Frank is a big reason why he's in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Can they make it work? Can he get back? I, I, I don't know. And the Bengals don't know either. Here's what Duke Tobin had to say on Lyle Collins. Well, anytime somebody's coming off of an injury, you want to get them as far along as possible before you have to make any decisions and, and see if they're going to be able to fit the bill next year. And, and you know, Elsie's going to work super hard at it. He's already doing that. You know, he's made of the right stuff. Uh, time will tell. Yeah. And, and I can't sit here and, and tell you what time will tell. Yeah. I, I just know that time will eventually tell. Do you have to think more about contingencies because of that? I mean, you have to kind of have a, a stronger yeah, I, insurance I plan. You're, you're always looking for insurance plans particularly when you're talking about the offensive line yep. and so you want to have guys developing in the background and you want to have options uh, to, to move to if, it, uh, if, if you need to options to move to if you need to we'll see what that looks like but like we've said there's uncertainty there and that does make it hard for the Bengals to, to figure out what direction they're going to go and as we've also discussed, it makes it hard for the Bengals to even move on from Lyle if that is something they want to do, which is not clear that that's something they want to do. But because he's injured, there would be additional funds that would count against the salary cap and would have to be paid out to Collins if they had to release him sooner 
than he were healthy. Yeah, it, th that's the other part of this, and ah, it's uh, they've they've worked a lot with Peter Schaefer. That's the other part of this. He's Joe Mixon's agent. He used to be Adam Pacman Jones's agent. Obviously, he's Lyle Collins's agent as well. And you're going to already meet Peter about Joe Mixon, and so do do you have a conversation with uh, about Lyle at the same time? And and I'm not reporting a meeting's going to happen, but you just know it is when it when it comes to Mixon's future. So I. Uh, it's the biggest question in the offseason. Uh, one other note, Jonah Williams doesn't sound like they're even really open to the idea of moving him to, to right tackle. I'm sure some of you, when I discussed Carmen, were like, oh, we'll put Carmen, keep him at left tackle, move Jonah to right. I, I just don't think that's the case right now. And Brian Callahan kind of you know, squashed that idea. Mm -hmm. At the same time, Pollock left the door open if they get stuck between a rock and a hard place. But you certainly don't really see yeah or foresee Jonah Williams being the, the right tackle or moving sides at, at any point in this foreseeable future. Callahan and Pollock essentially said, never say never, but it's not likely. It's like uh, maybe if something happens, but let's not count on it. He's played left tackle his entire career in the NFL. That's where he's going to continue to play. My last note from the Frank Pollock stuff was he had, he had a great quote on Alex Kappa when he was talking up Alex Kappa. I tweeted this quote as well, and it's not the whole quote. There, there's some other words in here that I omitted, but th this is the spirit of the quote. When he was talking about Kappa, he said, he's got an uncanny ability to know where to help in pass protection. He knows where his eyes need to be, the depth of the pocket as far as his relationship with the center and the tackle. He understands stunts really well, dogs and pressures associated with that, just really glowing praise for the mentality, that the mental aspect of the game, and knowing what his job is and how to execute it for Alex mm -hmm. Kappa. And I just thought that was a really good quote for all of our offensive line aficionados getting into some of the minutiae a little bit of, of what makes offensive linemen really good there. And so I wanted to share that as well. Up next, let's dive into, well, more offense and explosion. Yeah. Explosive plays and where the Bengals are hoping to get better and get more explosive plays. We'll do that coming up next. But today's show is brought to you by Built Bar, the number one protein bar on the planet. You hear me talk about Built Bar all of the time. Why? Well, because they're a protein bar that are covered in 100% real chocolate, high in protein, low in sugar, low in calories. Sounds good to me, right? Yeah, sounds good to you too. And that's why you need to get to Built.com and check out all of their different flavors. If you happen to be going through the neighborhood and stop at Walmart. Well, you can get built bars there right now. The same thing goes for Sam's club. So head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, grab a, yourself a box of built bars. They have cookies and cream, double chocolate, coconut puffs, or Sam's club. They have a 13 bar box, which of course, if you're a Sam's club member, you got to go that route. You can also go to built.com. It's built bar, the number one protein bar on the planet. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. We've talked about the Bengals running game 
a good amount this year. We've talked about getting more explosive a good amount this offseason. We had a, an entire show about how they can improve the offense, and a big part of that was getting more explosive. We talked to Mike Santagata about that a few weeks ago. You can go check that episode out if you missed it. But one area that the coaches talked about in Indy is getting more explosive in the running game where Joe Mixon had in 2022 uh, seven runs go for 15 yards or more on the season. That ranked 27th in the NFL, and I know Joe Mixon missed some time, but there are some players ahead of him on this list who had fewer carries, quite a few players that have fewer carries. On a per-carry basis, Joe Mixon and this running game were not hitting those home runs, and Samaje Piran is, isn't very high up on this list either. Uh, Samaje was the guy who was grinding out the five yards per carry by getting five yards per carry, not the guy who was getting zero, zero, then 15 to get to five yards per carry. Joe Mixon was a more explosive back for the Bengals last year, but overall, well, they were good at getting those five yards. Well, they were good at getting those four yards. Well, they were better at staying ahead of the chains with the running game. They weren't explosive in the running game. And so that is something that could be better. Part of this, as Frank Pollock said, was to do with the kinds of runs they were they were using and some of the kind of plays they were running. It's harder to hit those home run shots with, but it's something that the team seems eager to improve in 2023, whether that's schematic or it's a change at running back, as we've discussed this week with Joe Mixon's future being uncertain. Yeah. How do they, how do they go about this? I think one way is, is you find more explosion, find a running back that can do that. And maybe it's a compliment to Mixon. Maybe they restructure his deal or rework it. He takes a cut, and it's just adding a guy that's going to hit some home runs for you. But I think for this offense to, to reach its full potential, they have to have big plays or produce big plays and, and have guys that can do that, not named Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. And you know, even Tyler Boyd, he had some big plays, but they weren't necessarily explosive. And so how do you do that? I think the first way is run game, finding that. Part of that has to do with the offensive line and being able to, to get to the second level and do all of those things to, to get the running backs moving and, and, and going downhill and, and out into the open field. But I think a big part of it is finding someone or some multiple backs. Maybe they draft two backs that can break tackles that have that, that breakaway speed that might be in a phone booth with a linebacker and it's not a, an instant tackle. And, and that's how it really felt this year w- with these running backs as, as good as Joe Mixon is. If there's a guy on him, how many times was he making a miss? I, I, there were a couple times, but I think most of the time he was not doing that. So my JP Ryan, you know what he is great pass blocker, but you're right. It's going to be four yards here, four yards here and then three, and then five. There's not going to be the, the home run. So the good news is is that this draft, and, and we'll dive into it more on our next show, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of freakish athletes at running back, guys that, that pop on tape, and then it translates to the athletic testing. So it, it's good news. It's a, it's a need for the Bengals, but the draft fits that need, and I think they'll be able to find someone. And as you mentioned, James, it might still be Joe Mixon next year if they do rework that deal, if they figure out a a pay cut or a way to re... I'm not going to use the word restructure because it won't be a restructure. That means something very specific in the NFL. That means taking 
salary that is due to a player and converting it to signing bonus, which is paid out and then prorated from a salary cap perspective over the life remaining life of the deal. The Bengals are not going to do that with Joe Mixon, A, because they don't restructure contracts, and B, because if they don't want Joe Mixon to be their running back next year, if let, let's say it this way, if they're questioning whether they want Joe Mixon to be their running back in 2023, given his salary cap number, you don't want to then make bigger and harder to get out of his salary cap number for 2024. So a restructure is not coming for Joe Mixon, but like you said, and we've talked about with Andre re- redoing his deal to, to build in some incentive dollars to just be a straight pay cut. Like we saw with Aaron Jones and green Bay, Th- those are options and they can always choose to waive Joe Mixon if mm-hmm. they so choose. Th- these are all options at their disposal, but it seems like based on what we've talked about this week from, from yesterday's show, for example, Duke Tobin and Zach Taylor, not really committing to his future and, and talking about what Joe Mixon has done and not necessarily talking about him the way they've talked about some other guys that are going to be part of the future. That shouldn't be surprising, but he could still be on the team and it could be something that, Instead of Samaje Pirine, they go with an alternative who can do Pirine's role and maybe give them a little bit more. Or maybe they just think that Joe Mixon was more hurt than he let on all year and that he still has that breakaway aspect of his game. We just didn't see it, but I think we need to see it. And so, you know, how they approach it will be a matter of scrutiny and interest this offseason. They could have said Joe Mixon's our guy. They could have, and they didn't. And they didn't. And... That's very clear. And, and it is worth noting, by the way, even with Jonah, and I didn't say this in the first segment, they never came out and, and just said, Jonah's our guy, we're rolling with him. And, and not that he isn't, but it, it was – they left a, some gray area there with Jonah. Well, there certainly wasn't a long-term commitment. There was, you know, he's under contract next year, and so there's well, sure. that part of it. But there was he no is. long-term commitment. And, and there's no – take a pay cut for Jonah. Like you can't do that. He's tagged. Right. That's it. It's guaranteed money. So it's not like they could give him the Mixon treatment, but with Mixon, there's a lot of gray area. And uh, I do wonder what that looks like if he's willing to. And if I'm the Bengals, I say, look, Joe, you're not going to get this. If we cut you, you're not going to get what we're, we're trying to, to lower your, your pay to. You're not getting that on the open market. And he won't. And that's the interesting dynamic because pride sometimes gets in the way and it is kind of awkward to take a pay cut. And a lot of guys end up going elsewhere because of it and getting cut. We'll see if it happens. I mean, uh, Leonard Fournette just got cut and he was uh, a member of Joe Mixon's draft class. You, you mentioned the restructure of Aaron Jones and, and Green Bay. It, it's, it's not the same for a, a guy like Joe Mixon. By the way, he hasn't been Aaron Jones. And two, Aaron Jones's cap hit was like $22 million or something for this year. Like, they had to do something with yeah. that one. Well, so, and, and Green yeah. Bay used void years. So, yeah. uh, something else. At the be- They did it once with Riley Reef. Didn't really make a whole lot of sense why they did it, but they did it. It's not something they're going to do with Joe Mixon to extend no. his cap hit into the You shouldn't. So, um, another part of this is the athleticism along the offensive line. It could influence the way they want to address the tackle position going forward. Like you said, James, and and I mentioned, there is no long-term commitment, certainly for this team to Jonah Williams. If he plays better and he takes that step that I was so hopeful for last year that he didn't take in 2022, 
then you talk about Jonah Williams as your tackle going forward. But if he doesn't take that step and he's largely the same guy, he's a, a fine average starting left tackle. Well, that's where you start to talk about drafting ahead. And, and that's something that we're going to talk about more, you know, a, after the combine, after we have testing numbers on some of these tackles, when we talk to Mike Renner next week, they are very likely, I would say, to draft a tackle this year, right? Maybe we'll have to rank the most likely to least likely positions for them to draft at some point here as well. Maybe after free agency, which, by the way, is 11 days away uh, as we record this. The start of that tampering window is very, very close. Uh, But a tackle seems likely, and how they choose to address the tackle position or any offensive line depth they choose to add this offseason, do they weigh athleticism perhaps a little heavier? One thing we know that they are going to be looking at is a punter. Darren Simmons doesn't shy away from questions like this and hang time is an issue let's talk about what darren simmons had to say to finish the show next this lockdown podcast is brought to you by home chef now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down how are your resolutions coming one of mine was to order less takeout cook more at home but i'll be honest i haven't been consistent that is until i found home chef home chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on. Must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Punter. It's your favorite topic, Jake. My favorite talking about Talking about punters and... You know, it's I, no I, I don't even mind talking about punters. It's really just drafting special... Anyway, continue. It, it's no secret that the Bengals were open to drafting one last year. Speaking of that, yeah, it didn't happen because there was a punter run, literally, which is just <laughs> wild uh, and not something I ever anticipated. But you're, you, you remember it was there was a run on punters, and so that was one of the the deepest punter classes ever, according to Darren Simmons. Mm-hmm. It's clearly an issue, and. You know, Zach Taylor saying it's going to be a competition. I think he was putting it lightly. I think Drew Chrisman might be the the underdog in the competition that hasn't even started yet, to be quite honest with you. I, I really do. And no, it's not going to be a Kevin Huber competition. It doesn't sound like Clark Harris is going to return to, to compete with Cal Adamitis, who, who signed a contract last week. So they're hunting for a punter. And I think they get one, and it might be an undrafted guy. It might not be draft a punter, especially with seven picks. That's kind of painful. If they had like 12 picks, much, much easier to say, all right, use one of them on a punter in round five or six or, mm-hmm. or, or round seven. Seven picks, I, I agree with you. Unless that punter is really damn good, I'm just making a face thinking about the idea of a punter going at, what, the end of round five? You'd probably have to take him at the end of round five. And, if, and there will be one. The Michigan no. State kit from the Senior Bowl was crushing punts. Ooh. And I'm surprised there's not more talk about him as a punk god the way there was about a razor last year, who Darren Simmons was asked about 
said there would have to be a lot of work done before considering whether he has a way back into the NFL. So in case it you were wondering. Didn't sound like they're in, in at all on, you know, right. even something they discussed. I think that was just something that uh, that Jay decided to ask and, you know, Darren handled it pretty well, I would say. Yeah, it, it was specifically a question about him. He was not, Dar yeah. Darren Simmons did not bring up Areza on his own, to be clear. But anyway, what he said, was it you who asked what he's looking for in a punter? That was you, right? I believe it was, yeah. Yeah, he said someone who's consistent, he talked about climate, the weather conditions, playing yeah. into things, which How about was that? interesting. Very interesting to me. Because Evan McPherson was on I'm, the team, and he had a rough game playing in that very cold weather game in New England. He said they're also looking for someone who can get the ball into the air with a level of hang time that's acceptable to me. That is a direct quote from Darren Simmons. A level of hang time that's acceptable to me. What did we talk about was the wart for Drew Christman. It was hang time. It was not even close to the next lowest hang time average punter in the NFL. And for a while, it was fine because he had really good directional control of those punts and he was hitting those line drives, but he was hitting them to the sideline. And as soon as he missed one and he didn't hit it exactly where he needed to hit it, missing that hang time bit them in a big way, which Darren Simmons acknowledged. And so I think that's why you have this quote, a level of hang time that's acceptable to me. With mm -hmm. gusto from Darren Simmons. I I, I get it. I get it 100%. It's in, in, by the way, so the climate thing, Drew Christman, Cincinnati, mm -hmm. punts at Ohio State. Mm -hmm. He should be fine with that, right? And I was really surprised about his struggles with hang time. If you would have told me a year ago that Drew Christman wouldn't win the job, coming out of camp, I would have said, oh, did he struggle holding? No, he was great holding. So that wasn't the issue. And directionally, he just punts it right to them in the, the AFC Championship game. And you're right, there's no hang time. If you do that, if you punt it right to him, fine. But it better be up there. It better touch the sky. You, you know, you, you, you want to, you said punt God. You, you want to maybe hit God on the way down, you want to hit the Jerry World billboard or, or scoreboard if you're if you're in Dallas. He wouldn't have came near that thing if they were playing in Dallas, and that's that's not what you want. So, yeah, I, I think that saying there's a punt competition is nice, and Drew's going to have to battle not just to make the team, but I, I think he's go going to have to battle to to have a shot to. I mean. Are we sure he's they bring him in and 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 let him compete? I mean, he was that he was bad. I, I don't know. He, he might not make it. He might not make it to camp if if they feel good about whoever they bring in as an undrafted free agent, or what if they draft one and then sign one as an undrafted free agent? You, you just you never know. And I, I I think it's so shaky that and it might not be likely. But that there's a scenario where they're like, eh, we can end this Drew Christman experience, uh, experiment and go elsewhere. Yeah, I think it's it's kind of unfortunate that it's come to that, right? And it's a Quickly. matter of results on the field. It was something that I even talked about before the AFC Championship game quietly on Twitter. It's something that was like, we're going to have to watch this hang time issue. This could come back to bite them. If, if, if he doesn't put it on the sideline, this could be a problem. And uh, it, it was a problem at a, at a rough time, especially after the Bills game, and he was really good. And so it was, it was too bad that it came up in a big moment. But when you have coaches 
who are prone to coach speak inherently as part of their job as a coach talking about, yeah, we're going to have a competition at that position and it's at the combine that, that tells you things are a little shaky. And, and Darren Simmons, like I said, doesn't pull punches, doesn't really shy away from things. He's pretty straightforward. You're, you're on thin ice to be generous at Mm -hmm. that point. Yep. And, and the other thing that they, we talk about more explosion, maybe one of the, a running back they draft or a receiver they draft, corner they draft, can give them some explosion in the return game. And Trent Taylor was pretty good as a punt returner, but could they find a guy that could be elite as a punt returner and, and kick returner? I think that's something that they'll certainly monitor and look at in this draft as well. Could, could you imagine if they were able to get a speedy back or a speedy fourth receiver that can also do those things and, and add another dynamic element to your team? And, mm-hmm. and make a uh, make a big plays in the return game. That's something that they really haven't had, especially on kickoffs, but but certainly uh, e- even on punts. Even though Trent Taylor was sure-handed, was uh, was wasn't necessarily explosive. He was, yeah. He fumbled yeah. like three times, and he lost one. So his ball security scared me at times. It did. No, it did. I, in, I think in late- I think he's a fine punt returner, but the ball security scared me throughout the playoff run like late in the season it I, w- I was holding my breath a little bit on his punt returns well because he had a couple like knocked out of his hands like back-to-back games and so it mm-hmm. felt i think it felt more so yeah he had two fumbles this yeah year. i feel like he maybe would have had one more but he stepped out of bounds right before the ball came out like because a lot of times he's near the sideline which mm-hmm. is strategic like he's doing that on purpose in case the ball does come out i think but and if he needs to duck out of bounds or whatever. But anyway, he's not under contract for 2023. Mm-hmm. So they need to, for now, one way or another, they need to acquire a returner. And he averaged so, over 10 yards a return. Yeah, like he, he was that's... fine. It, it was the ball security thing sure. for me. And, and there's no like Naheem Hines going to return two punts for touchdowns in a game kind of thing. There, there's no – he's not – taking the top off of that punt. He, he's going to get you some solid yards and give you on average solid field position on punts. Which is fine. And, and is maybe fine. that's that's what what they do when they go back and, and, and bring him back. They could. Or maybe they find something in the draft. Uh, wouldn't shock me, though, to see him back. And, and even if you do get a rookie, it's still a rookie. You still got to see him do it. So mm-hmm. you're going to have to have a backup plan there, and maybe he would, he would be that. Sneaky. Sneaky little one, returners. Because because Chris Evans, man, I thought you were calling Trent Taylor a sneaky little one. No, oh I'm talking, about, talking about. I the get knee. it. It's like, oh my god. Because because I I think Chris Evans hold on the roster is tenuous at this point. We we might see an entirely different running back room next year. I don't know. I mean, he's still under contract. He's on a cheap rookie deal, so he's probably back. But... No, I think he'll be back. I just and, and I love the the physical attributes of him. And, and I think some are like, oh, just use Chris, Chris Evans more. Clearly, there's something they don't trust, right? Whether it's the pass protection, whether it's him running between the tackles, uh, following his blocks, that, that there's something. And that, that something is a big something. And, and so I expect him to be on the team just because you're right. It's cost-controlled. He can contribute in a bunch of different ways. But I, I don't think he's going to be like a main guy on offense. I think he might be fighting. 
Because sure. I mean, well, if you Trey draft Williams, two backs and, and, and re-sign Travion Williams? They, they like Trey Williams more than they like than they liked Evans by the end of the year, right? That that seemed to be the way that shook out. Sure. They, and they clearly thought that P. Ryan and Mixon were better for the offense on any given down than Chris Evans, who, by the way, was at his best when lined up outside as a receiver, like as a chess piece. Like, we're going to put a running back on the field. You're going to treat him as a running back, and we're going to split him out. And now we have a running back who's playing wide receiver, and we're empty. And now you have to tell us how you're going to cover Chris Evans on this play. Mm-hmm. That was That was his primary use. For, for the Bengals in 2023, which is like a handful of plays, mostly early in the year. So some interesting stuff on special teams. Always is. Always love talking special teams and punting and kicking, as you said, James. Should Great. they draft a punter at 28? Yep. That's next on Locked on Bengals. Ethan Evans, a punter from Wingate. 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 You and names, bro. <laughs> That's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. The combine will complete while we are away, and we'll be back Michael on Meyer. Sunday <laughs> to talk about what Michael Mayer and Dalton Kincaid and others do at the combine in Indianapolis. And then we'll be joined, like I said, by Mike Venner shortly thereafter to talk about this draft again. But free agency is coming around the corner, James. We haven't done our mock free agency exercise this year yet. Yeah, That's something that we should probably plan on. So plenty of good stuff coming your way here on Locked On Bengals. Have a good weekend. And until next time, who day? Have a good one. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.